On this week's episode, we have Sarah Gutierrez, his F3 Spur from down in San Antonio. He's the nation's weasel shaker. I've been trying to get Spur on for a while now. He's recommended by Dark Helmet. Anybody recommended by Dark Helmet is a high-impact man. And so we have Spur to tell his story today, tell his story of growing as a man, as a leader, growing in his faith, and moving to San Antonio, getting involved with F3 there. And he is a motivational guy, an inspiring guy, leadership qualities that people saw and and got him involved early on in San Antonio and then in the nation as the Weasel Shaker. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. And off we're going and running with another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. This is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host, known as DFib to the guys in F3. I'm joined as always by my co-host Troy Klinger, known as Dial Up in the Gloom to all of our F3 mates. And um, if you listen to our podcast episode with Hollywood, which would have been about three weeks ago at when this drops, yes. yep. um, Dial Up mentions up visiting a, a, a fine establishment known as Twin Peaks. <laughs> out in the Seattle area, and uh, it was interesting because tonight we're recording two podcasts, and the the one prior to this we were recording, we get a text from Bing, our friend Bing down in Sarasota, saying that they're opening up a Twin Peaks in Sarasota. Dial up, yeah. And he he already tried to convince his wife to go there when it opens up, and apparently she's not buying it. She's not buying it. She, so she either knows what it really is. That's uh, it's it's a Hooters. It's a it's a lumberjack themed Hooters for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, I didn't hear that conversation, but yeah, my, my wife and I mistakenly went there. It was my wife's choice. Just to be clear, uh, mm-hmm. she chose the restaurant, and we walked in, and we're a little surprised, but the the food was delicious. Well, you know, she actually thought she might have had. Twin Peaks meant mountains because you were Correct. in Seattle. There yeah, are mountains out exactly. there, and it was like a lumber. It was a timber yeah. framed. Seemed to fit restaurant. Yeah, right. it all made sense. But in Sarasota, ain't no mountains. No, so yeah, there's there's no <laughs> there's no excuse to show up there. Probably thinking that uh, yeah, you're going to see mountains or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Bing, if you're listening, here's a shout out to you. We got we got a lot of a lot of humor out of <laughs> out of your text when it yeah, came thanks, through. Bing, and your your wife should take you and. Let, or let you take her. There. I'm thinking it's a third, the, the a third F really for the good. guys, right? Yeah. For the packs, you just go there and you know have a Bible study or something. Yeah, if not, cafeteria <laughs> sounds like a great, great place for the cafeteria. Right, perfect. All right. Well, in this episode, we our guest is Cyro Gutierrez. He's known as Spur. A lot of you guys know him from uh, the Na- Nation's SLT. He's a weasel shaker for the Nation, and he's on the 43 Feet podcast frequently on the panel along with uh, dark helmet and the rest of the boys and spur and I have been trying to hook up here for a while. I've been trying to, we've been trying to coordinate uh, uh, availability to record an episode with spur because dark helmet said you should interview spur. So when dark helmet says I should interview somebody, I, we do, that's what we do. So spur, welcome to the podcast. Hold on. Wait, before oh, we get wait. to spur, wait, yeah. we, we've went like two or three episodes without mentioning dark helmet for president. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah, Dark we Helmet got, we 2024, yeah, baby. We've been, we've, been, we've been lacking on that, so sorry. Anyway, back to Spur. Spur, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Howdy, y'all. Good to be here. Um, whenever you're recommended by the darkest, um, it's pretty cool. And I apologize, man. Yeah, we've been trying to get on each other's calendar for a bit. I've just uh, been going through uh, a few life things, a few renovations, but um, glad to be here, and it's an honor to you know share this podcast here with you. 
Yeah, yeah, we're honored to have you on, man. Um, you're uh, you're you're the weasel shaker for the nation, and uh, I think it, it's uh, it's really cool to have an episode where we can it, introduce uh, some guys that are you know making decisions and throwing in their two cents at the national level and for other people to get to know them. But as you all know out there, if you listen to our podcast, we bring men on to tell their stories in order to motivate, inspire, and encourage other men, uh, specifically, hopefully, to be more uh, virtuous leaders uh, and uh, spurs a leader uh, in his uh, community and in the nation. So, Spur, the usual questions, let us know uh, how you got involved with F3, who EH'd you, and how you got your name. Well, before... Don't tell well, us how you yeah, got your name. I was hoping name. you were going to ask me because I, I, I... All right. We usually play this game. We try to guess how our, how our guests got their F3 name. So dial up. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I heard a pretty strong y'all. Y'all. I heard a strong y'all. <laughs> so I'm guessing there's a connection to Texas and and riding horses and, and spur. Yeah. Well, he's uh, coming from San Antonio. That's where he's at. And oh, you're, oh, he's in San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. My yeah, bad. I'm I liking where this is going. Keep I didn't going, realize that. So, uh, hmm... It is the name of the basketball team. It is team the name there. of the basketball team. So that's that was where I was going to go, that uh, he has some type of connection possibly to the San Antonio Spurs. I would say that's probably true. So anyway, Spur, let us know how you got your name and how you got involved with F3 and who he aged you. Well, I mean, you guys kind of nailed it. So do you really want to hear my background? I mean, do we just want to continue to move on? <laughs> no, let's right, hear it. But Yeah. <clears throat> no, but um, I guess hearing a little bit of background may be helpful for you. So uh, my wife and I, um, we lived in Oklahoma City for about eight years. We were there whenever the Oklahoma City Thunder arrived. Right. Man, it was such a great time for us. Um, you know, we, we rose with the city. It was, if you've ever been in a, in a city where they feel like they, um, you know, become a professional uh, city overnight, I mean, that, it, it is such a wonderful experience. It, the community comes together and surrounds themselves around that particular, you know, team. And in my case, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. And we had such a great time there where we had connectivity to uh, the local church. We had a bunch of people over all the time. We really took, um, uh, in hindsight, a lot of that for granted. But we, we had a, a great community in Oklahoma City. Um, my job moved me to Kansas City <clears throat> for about three years. And we had a, a handful of tough experiences, um, you know, on the personal side with life. Um, and we really didn't have anyone to turn to. <clears throat> you know, I was looking for a community didn't have a community to to go through life with, uh, you know, from a professional standpoint. Like I just, you know, it just got to the point where I was like, I, I didn't like the the organization I was working for. So, um, you know, I moved back to the original organization I came to out, out of college, and they moved me to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So I had a rule, um, you know, the first two years, it was an unspoken rule. I didn't tell anyone this because otherwise they would have thrown me into several different things I probably shouldn't get into. But I had an unspoken rule where uh, if anyone asked me to do something or go to a, or a meeting uh, or go to some sort of event, it was, yeah, let's go. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I met this guy who, you know, I got introduced to over lunch. He was in a, a partner in an accounting firm. Uh, and I work for a large financial institution, so there's some natural connectivity into the business community. Um, you know, and, and so we, we hit it off fairly well, and he knew some people that I was trying to get to know in San Antonio. And uh, a few days later, I ran into him at some sort of gala. I remember it would be on a Thursday night, and he says, uh, hey, you know, Cyro would love for you to meet this guy. His name's Francisco, and we call him Madonna where we work out. And I thought, well, that's a funny name. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, Madonna and and the guy who was introducing me, his name is Fish, uh, but his you know real name, uh, birth name is is Raul. 
he goes, uh, well, we'd love for you to come work out with us on, you know, in the morning. And I, I was like, well, what do you got? And they said, 530 in the morning tomorrow. And I was like, well, I mean, I got a commitment first thing in the morning, another coffee. But, um, you know, do you have anything on Saturday? They said, yeah, we can, you know, we work out at 7 a.m. And I was like, well, I'll be there. So it didn't take anything. It didn't take a, a, a large amount of effort to, to get me to, to go to that first workout. And so go to the workout. You know, I'm wearing a white T-shirt. Uh, in hindsight, that was a bad move. Yeah. Uh, surprised they didn't call me Big Nips or something like that. <laughs> they uh, at the end of the workout, you know, you get the question about what's uh, you know, tell us about yourself. And I said, like, well, I'm the biggest Oklahoma City Thunder fan in San Antonio. Uh-huh. And literally, oh, oh we awesome. lost Spur again. Come back, Spur. Come back. Sorry, I lost you there for yeah, a second. Yeah, you're back um, again. No I don't worries, know why yeah. that's happening, but you're back. Yeah. yeah um, if you want to start again on the on, on the naming part, and then Spielberg can probably splice it together then. Does that work? Cool. Cool. So we finished the workout. I'm surprised, um, you know, um, you know, they didn't call me some other names, and they asked me about myself. And, of course, I thought, all right, well, you know, my, the biggest fact that you need to know about me in this town in San Antonio where – the Spurs are the the best thing since sliced bread is yeah. that I am the biggest Oklahoma city thunder fan in this town. I listen to all the podcasts. I wear all the t-shirts. I mean, all this, uh, anything regarding the thunder I am like all about. And so a couple of guys, I mean, literally just looked at each other and then like three of them at unison said, well, your name is going to be spur. Uh-huh. And, and I didn't know, I mean, you don't know anything at that time. You're saying, all right, well, that is a really crappy name. Now, <laughs> now, I think it's a great name. I yeah. mean, I love this name. Uh, but um, yeah, that's how I was named Spur. I, I, I didn't I, when I when I went home after that first workout. Um, you know, just like every other guy who shows up. Like, you know, you you always go through the pogo. Um, you know, right after college, and and so at, at times, especially when I str- struggle with my weight. Um, you know, my brother, uh, who, who I loved dearly was, you know, calling me like Pillsbury Doughboy uh-huh. because I was so fat and pale and I didn't spend any time outside. And, you know, my wife and you about these struggles. And I remember going home that day and I thought, uh, when I told her, I was like, man, you know, I've always wondered how men who are older and successful, um, how they're always in shape. I found them. Like I found all of them. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I started showing up, I mean, mm-hmm. religiously right after that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And how long ago was that? You may have said it and I missed it. No, I didn't say it. Uh, six years ago. Okay. Uh, so I've been with F3 a little over six years. And um, I'm, I'm a completely different man, just like every one of you guys. Yeah. Uh, because. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, no, sorry about that. Another hiccup on our thing. Uh, yeah, um, it's that's a similar experience to most guys that we have on the podcast. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing anything right now. Um, Hello. Did you lose yep. us? You got us? Yeah. And now, now, now you're back. Sorry now about back. that. Yeah. I don't know. Spotty, spotty internet here. I don't know what's going on. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, it's a similar experience to most guys that we have on the podcast talking about F3 and how they grew through it. Uh, so you, uh, now I know you're uh, the weasel shaker for the nation. You're on the nation, nas- national SLT. Did you start off as a leadership position down in San Antonio? Yeah, that was a journey, right? So uh, just my leadership responsibilities here in, in San Antonio um, and then, you know, how I got to the weasel shaker role, that that story. You know, I um, uh, about, I can't remember what year, maybe it was 2018, I attended my first Grow Ruck and uh, I, I really felt like that was where I connected the dots when it come to leadership, what F3 is all about. 
um, you know, it was uh, such a, an eye-opening experience for me personally. And, you know, so that a couple, a year and a half later, they were talking about, the F3 Nation was talking about, like, we were going to expand, grow up, and we're looking for cities to host. And I'm like, I raised my hand, and I was like, hey, Madonna and the rest of the leadership team, I would love to host F3 here, uh, or Grow Ruck here in um, in San Antonio. And so everyone was on board, all the all the leaders here. And so I spearheaded that effort. And uh, when we when we won, quote unquote won, in hindsight, like there was no one else who who applied, right? So <laughs> I mean, it was one of those where I, I put this professional, you know, proposal together, and it was like I mean, way over, way overdid it. And uh, and so I, I uh, when we got uh, Grow Ruck here, uh, I was spearheading those efforts, and it wound up being in the middle of COVID, and there were some really difficult decisions that we had to make in, in the midst of that, uh, you know, as, as all of us had to do, and we wound up having to pull the cord on uh, hosting the Grow Ruck here in San Antonio uh, because you just we didn't know what we didn't know, and. Yeah. and uh, it was it was very difficult, but through that process, we had a lot of conversations with uh, with leadership. Lost him again. Hmm? Yeah, it seems like it's his that keeps cutting out. Hey, you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Where yeah. do I need to pick up at? Uh, you said you had to pull the cord on hosting it there, but you had a lot of discussions after that. Yeah, so we pulled the we pulled the cord. Um, with, um, you know, because, you know, you just didn't know what the impact was going to be with COVID and, and, and all the folks around here. Um, and, and so uh, through those interactions, though, with leadership with F3, I mean, I got a chance to get a, get a chance to know Dark Helmet. Um, you know, you get a chance to get to know Gus and, you know, of course, Gobbler. I mean, all these studs within F3. And in the course of this conversation, I mean, it was a really big deal to pull the cord because this was not just a message here in San Antonio, but across F3 Nation. I mean, right. F3 Nation's going to pull the plug because of COVID. So there was a lot of people who had to weigh in on these discussions. And through those discussions, uh, the, the question became to, to the local Nantan, Madonna, it was, uh, hey, Madonna, when are you going to get rid of that Nantan title? Because you've been holding it for seven or eight years now. Mm. And Madonna said, well, I'm trying to find a... Um, I'm trying to find a suitable replacement and literally dark helmet and I'm on the call and I'm staring right at him. He goes, well, you got one right there. Uh, you know, just, you know, making decisions around grow up. And I, I, I mean, I remember my hands just started sweating. I, was, I mean, like, are you kidding like me, Nantan? And, um, you know, Madonna and I talked about it. And so we, we scheduled some time where, uh, you know, give me about a month or two to get my head around what was going on. And so I was Nantan Gosh, maybe about a year and a half uh, or so, uh, give or take, and and then you know F three uh, Nation called. It was GMO called and says, "Hey, I, I really want you to be the sector Q role." I was like, "A sector Q? What is that?" And uh, and so he described to me the vision of what's going on and and what the what the nation was trying to do. And you know, I told him I didn't, I, mean, I didn't want it. I mean, I have a vision here in San Antonio. I have not accomplished my vision at all. I mean, down the freeway you guys have heard of what katie is doing i mean yeah. i felt like what we were going to try to do here was going to rival katie i was like really pumped about implementing this larger strategy here and uh and walking away from that you know not even seeing the vision to fulfillment was was just not uh within my cards but you know after having a few conversations with gmo we talked about what leadership's all about i mean it's a lot bigger than yourself and if you're called on to be bigger things 
or have a broader vision, you know, you need to step away and, and let the next guy take that vision and, and make it better. So I was a sector queue, um, you know, for, I mean, I guess a year or two, I don't, I don't recall. Uh, and then, you know, after uh, it was, it was in the December time frame, I get a call from GMO and he says, Hey, uh, you know, you should know that your name's being thrown around for a weasel shaker role. I like, you're kidding me. I mean, you're joking. You're talking to the wrong guy because I know a ha- I know a handful of other guys that would do this job that job way better than I could potentially do it. And I gave him the names and everything, and he goes, "Well, um, you know, you're you're the guy." And I said, like, "Well, I, I mean, I can't." <laughs> like it's just funny. Like you know, your fir- my first reaction is, "I can't." Here's why I can't. And GMO and I talked about it, and um, you know, and the reason I couldn't it was just I felt like you know my personal life and many many of the same reasons why you had. A, str- a struggle for getting me on this this show, this 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 podcast, because I knew what was going on in my personal life, right? Like my mother-in-law uh, got diagnosed with cancer in November, right? She mm. passed away in February. My my wife and I has been, I've been planning this renovation for the past three years. We've been living in this apartment for six months, and then we were in the six-week period where we were literally just trying to go house to house with my family members to you know, for my, my kids to, you know, during the summer just to find a place to sleep. And so like, you know, it was just chaos for me. And I'm like, I, I, I got a lot going on GMO. I mean, giving me this weasel role is not probably something I should be the, the one doing. And then he says, well, dark helmet wants to talk to you. I'm like, well, crap. If dark helmet <laughs> needs to talk to you, then you're done. Right. And so I, I talked to darkest and um, that was a really, it was, it was inspiring, man. I mean, Dark has, Darkest has this amazing ability to paint this picture. And to say that you want to run through a wall after you speak with them doesn't do it justice because he, it, it's this vision that he has that, you know, of course, if all you guys listen to, to him and Dread as, as Dark was going through his, his journey, right? Like, you know, hearing where, 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 where Doa was at that point and then hearing him, like, you know, face to face and telling him, hey, man, you're the guy. You, mm-hmm. we, we, nation needs you. Like, how do you say no to that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, how do you can't say no to it? So <laughs> I joined the leadership team effective January 1, uh, probably a little bit before that, and uh, just been working with the shared leadership team uh, since then. And it, it is so inspiring. I mean, you meet these guys that are in the shared leadership positions, and you think, like, you, I mean, you hope, you, you really hope that they are just as much as studs as, as, as you, you know, as your vision takes you out to me and then you meet them you're like geez like you know they're just their hearts are so huge and uh their passion is so big i mean preserving the culture and where we're trying to go and i mean just spending time with these men every week we spend like every monday afternoon we're together for like an hour hour and a half i just feel i'm an infinitely better man than i I was when i was a sector q or nantan and um, you know, the exposure of these men and, and the way we sharpen each other is just fantastic. And it's just even going to get better. You know, Camo was able to join our leadership team here yeah. recently. <clears throat> Camo, freaking stud. Um, love that man and what he represents. I mean, he has, he's like a walking t-shirt Logan slogan. <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, it's it just, it's, it's inspiring. And, and I'm just fortunate enough to be a part of uh, what, this, what this great organization is trying to do for the world.
So I, I kind of rambled there, guys. Obviously, I'm a little passionate about it, but you know that's my journey of how I got into this position. Yeah, that's, that's I'd, really good, man. I'd like I'd like to hear. So, <laughs> with all that chaos going on in your life that you described, and you know your mother in law with her diagnosis, and then the renovations and everything, how what was your what was your M or your or your wife for those uh, non F three years out there listening? Uh, what what was her response to each of these times that you were kind of stepping up in your uh, leadership roles? First, well, I mean, first within, within your region and then ultimately with the nation. You know, it's a great question. You know, so so I, my, my wife is my college sweetheart. We've been together for 20 years. And, um, you know, we've been married now for 15. Oh, man, we've been together for 22 years, actually, 21 years, actually. Um, and, and so she has seen my journey as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what is interesting is that, and I, I laugh about this all the time with her. I mean, I'm, I'm the quote unquote, one of the leaders of a bunch of men. I would be the furthest person that you would think would be a leader of men if you would have met me 20 years ago. Hmm. I mean, just, I am not the same man as I was at that point. And so hmm. I laugh. I've always had aspirations to be that guy, but I, I was not. So it, it's a calling. We feel like it's a calling from God, right? From a higher, from a higher purpose. And so when, when these things happen, we do talk about it. And we talk about, like, what, how can we make this work, right? What would this look like with the 2.0s or our kids? What mm-hmm. would this look like with Collectively Together? What would this mean for the bedtime routines, right? And, you know, for, for dinners. And um, what would this look like in the mornings for me? Uh, what would this look like for my, for my job? And, and so in talking through that, then you're able to paint a better picture of, the impact and but overall overarching it's just a, a blessing that uh, you know how far I've come in my journey and she and she just like me we I, we believe I'm not a finished product yet I'm far from it amen brother. So, so we you know I, I want to see how far I can personally go and how much better I can personally be and yeah. and so that's yeah. those that's how the conversation <laughs> has, has always been like the aspiration to uh, where, where where we're going yeah that's awesome it's a great question dial yeah. uh, so um it sounds like um, people recognize leadership skills in you, and they've given you an opportunity, and you've and you've taken advantage of it, and really grown in in that regard. And and uh, that's a story of you know a lot of guys out there. Um, and I'm I'm so glad we have an opportunity to bring men on to talk about that yeah. stuff because people need to know about it. And if 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 you're out there and you're listening to this, you don't know about F three, um, you should be inspired to to at least find it. If you're a man out there, F three stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. It's free outdoor workout for men and and we're at at heart uh, a leadership development program. That's our mission, and uh, and you could hear you could hear the success story here of Spur, you know, being a part of it and then uh, giving back to other guys. So Spur, I'd like you to. Um, we usually do this with our guests. I'd like you to just back up a little bit and uh, <clears throat> tell us what life was like growing up for you. You know where you grew up, what it was like for you for a little Spur. How how was life? Yeah. So so um, grew up in East Side Houston. Um, lower middle income. Um, you know, if you if you follow college uh, or high school uh, football, I, w- I was in the neighborhood that all the high school, I mean, state champions come from in North Shore High School. Okay. We, uh, you know, we I grew up playing a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. I played baseball from the age of six all the way to I gave it up at the age of twenty. Mm. My um, my dad. It is such a huge influence on my life. He, um, he you know, he was a, a principal for for 
uh, or the administrator for about 38 years before he retired. Strict disciplinarian. Um, you know, at night before we'd go to bed at nine o'clock, we'd be, meet at the dinner table and he would say, hey, what did you learn today? And I mean, literally, what did you learn today? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, math or, or reading or writing. And then what are your homework assignments? And I mean, it was like a business meeting. Um, <laughs> you know, he uh, he was always the type of guy and everything was black or white. It was right or wrong. And so so you always gravitated towards. What, what is right while, while realizing over the course of my life that, you know, gray is okay. It doesn't have to be black or white. Um, you know, in, 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 but growing up, you know, my, my parents, when they, they divorced when I was 13 years old and my mom left to go to the West side of Houston. And, you know, she was at the time, you know, I've, I've grown to understand this a little bit better. She was trying to find herself, right? She was trying to find out who she was. And so, um, she moved to the west side of Houston. So if, you're, if you're from Houston or know about big city, I mean, it takes about a good 45 minutes just to get on one side of the city to the other. So it was like she moved to a different, you know, I mean, different city yeah. altogether. So my dad raised my brother and myself. My brother's three years younger than me. We just immersed myself uh, or immersed ourselves in baseball. And, um, and so that's all I knew. My wife will joke to you. I mean, my first few years in, in having conversations with her, I mean, I, will, I would talk about, the, you know, how to hold a bat, a baseball bat appropriately and where I, they should, we should be when I'm, when I'm batting. I mean, it was, just, that was all, I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was, there was a handful of events, though, that really shaped me as, as I, was, I was growing up. I was, um, you know, I remember when I was 14 years old, I was just getting into high school. And I was one of those, those, those kids that everyone thought, you're going to be on varsity your freshman year. And, um, you know, and I was, I was a stud, you know, catcher going in to the, uh, to, to high school. And I, I, I don't know what happened to me, but it was a preseason game. And I remember everyone was watching and, and I, I had the yips, you know, I had an episode of the yips where I couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and, you know, like, like it was, it was so weird. I've never had, I've, I was always so successful in baseball everything came naturally to me and then i have this episode and i'm like what is going on and um and and that affected me from the age of 14 all the way till i gave up baseball at the age of 20. there was never a time i could throw a baseball in those six years without thinking about that yeah um and so you know my identity was all around baseball i did i could not uh, you know I, i got recruited to play college baseball and I mean, which is, you know, looking back on it, like, how the heck did that happen? Uh, that's a God thing. Like you're battling through these yips for six years and you got recruited to play baseball. That's wild. But I mean, every single time I threw, I held the baseball and I threw it, um, I struggled. And how, how that really impacted me, though, is the mental aspect, like the mental game. I mean, you have to be so mentally strong to force your body and force, you know, what you're trying to do. To, to, to happen. And I mean, even that, that skill set, I mean, I use that to this day. I mean, um, you have a dirty job or, or something that's very difficult. I mean, and, and I know it sounds weird saying, hey, the yips were really difficult, but I mean, those shape you, right? That shapes you and, and being mentally tough along the way. But, you know, growing up, that was a really big part that, of, of my life that I really don't, I've only become um, more confident as I've gotten older to share that story. Yeah. Uh, because I was really, you know, I wasn't, em- it was embarrassing, right? Like 
Uh, but that that was really big. There was a few other events as I get into my younger adulthood that that really impacted me. But growing up, that was that was definitely one of the bigger ones. Well, it sounds like you you were able to overcome it to the point where you got rec- recruited for college. Were you still playing catcher? No, at that at that point, they I got moved over to third base, and okay. I focused more on my my hitting skills, uh-huh. and so I was able to to show off the bat a little bit, and um, you know, and then of course they because if you have a good bat, then they throw they throw you all over the place. So I was playing outfield a little bit, and um, so yeah, I was it, was it was more the bat that got me recruited than anything. Okay, yeah, I played shortstop when in little league and teen league and stuff, but. At, at, one point I got moved over to third base and for some reason it seemed like a harder throw from third base. It's a shorter throw shortstop. You could be all over the place, different angles. I, I don't know what it was, but it was like, it's it, for me, it was a mental thing too. Okay. Really can, weird. Can we pause for a second? Like mm-hmm. the, the term yips. Yeah. The, like, was that a term you recognize? Like, well, yeah. So in did go- you got the yips? <clears throat> yeah. The yips <laughs> spur. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the yips I, are just basically something that you could do easily, and your muscles just aren't cord- aren't just aren't doing it the way they should do it. Yeah, well, so, like in golf, you know, you get the well, yips putting right. Obviously, yeah. yeah, we've been talking about it. So now I'm like, oh, the yips. Okay, and, I, and I, I'm thinking like, is this like a like a Texas thing, some type of term or something <laughs> like that? Because like I've I've heard it before, but not not used kind of like this. And so I like I had to look it up, and I'm like yips and and. Immediately comes up on Wikipedia in sports. The yips are a sudden and unexplained loss of ability to execute <laughs> certain skills yeah. in experienced athletes. I'm like, okay, so it's like it's yeah. like a legit yeah, it's a term thing. that's out there. So, all right, clearly, so, Dalvin so never had the yips. <laughs> Apparently, I'd, I've never experienced the yips. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have to use a, a ball when he played basketball in high school. His coach just made him go out there and foul people. So, yeah, I was yeah. I was, I was the defensive <laughs> well, specialist on the team. So yeah. that yeah, that, you can't really get the yips. He was a runner, man. When you're doing that, and then yeah, eventually became a, a distance runner so you don't yeah, tend but, to get the yips running <laughs> well I, I, I tell you it has become a lot more prevalent as mental health has become more of a focus here recently but mm-hmm. 20 years ago it was like i mean it, it was a knock on you i mean even like 30 years ago when well 25 or 30 years ago chuck knoblock who was a second baseman for the yankees was the <laughs> one the first that's where it came out yeah and i mean it was like what is wrong with this guy right and you know, there there has been periodic times where in a baseball player it comes out and it's really it, it, it has become something that people understand a little bit more. But you know, there's a psychology behind it. You put too much pressure on yourself to, to mm-hmm. succeed. Um and you know, it, it it's a it's it's more of a mental thing than anything else. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it but it plays itself out organically in the muscles and the nerves in your yeah. body, just like yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Well, okay. So you learned a lot going through that, uh, that you're able to carry on in life. And you, uh, what college did you go to? So I went to a division three school here in San Antonio called Trinity university. It's oh, so you, you were in, you were in San Antonio before you ended up moving there later in life. Yeah. So I mean, it was a crazy story because I remember, I mean, it's actually a pretty good story. So I remember my, uh, I used to play summer ball and, um, and I remember like I was going to go to a junior college which was just down the street from where I lived. I mean, it was going to be, I was just going to walk on there. And uh, I had two more tournaments left in the summer right after my senior year. And I remember thinking, I better show out if I'm going to actually get recruited to go somewhere. So we had this, this tournament in Abilene, Texas, and I was on fire. I mean, I was hitting balls like off the wall. I mean, I was every ball thrown to me. Or hit to me. I was playing shortstop for that weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything was just flying off my hands. I mean, I was making every play, and there were scouts everywhere. Not a single one talked to me. 
And I went home that weekend. I, I just told my dad, I need to hang it up. Like, I'm done. Because if no one's going to talk to me after that, there's just no way. So he, um, he said no. Well, you remember, dad's black and white. Like, no, you finish what you start. You committed to this. Let's go. And so I had one more tournament in San Antonio. And it was at the Trinity University uh, baseball field. And I remember going to the, uh, um, you know, it was a middle of, of the inning. And I told my dad, there's one scout out there. If you can tell him, just look at me, just one inning. And it just so happened that inning, I had a ball hit to me. That was a little bit difficult. I played, I played it out well. And then there was a, uh, and then I go up to bat that inning. And I swear, you can't make this stuff up. There is this huge Nicaraguan guy. I mean, this guy was from Nicaragua. He was like throwing 93 miles an hour. I was like, crap. Of course they're going to have a guy throwing 93 miles an hour. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, just don't look like a fool. Just, I mean, do something. And I hit the ball. I, I remember swinging. I was late on it. I hit this line shot to right field. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, afterwards, the, co- the coach comes up to me and my dad and says, hey, we want you to join you know, this school. Let's talk about it. So I, I went and talked to the, um, you know, the folks and, and, uh, you know, the, the grades were, were good enough. The SAT scores were good enough. And I mean, about a, a month before school was about to start, they, get, they gave me an offer and they said, why don't you come join uh, our baseball team? And so I was, I was fortunate enough. Now we couldn't afford it, which was, was, was wild. I mean, we were, we, we were, I mean, lower income and it's a privately held, uh, you know, the liberal arts school. And my dad said, no, I always wanted you to experience going college away so I can afford one semester or one year. And so, uh, and so that's what I did. I was like, all right, I was going to do one year. And then um, one year turned into two, which turned into three, which turned into four. And to this day, I don't know how my dad made it all work out, but he did. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. Sweet. And yeah. you met your wife there, huh? <clears throat> yeah. I met my wife there and all. Yeah. So uh, hold on. So I, I got to take a step back again. I'm sorry. So, so, if my math is right, you're you're 39. Is that what we said earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 39. So so weren't you in like San Antonio during some of the glory years of the Spurs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you still that, ended up being an Oklahoma City fan. Well, I mean, at that time, I didn't really like NBA basketball. Okay, I wasn't a basketball fan. I mean, I didn't I didn't appreciate. It. Yeah, you're right. We was in the middle of the glory days of yeah. the Spurs. Okay, I didn't appreciate it. And, I mean, it wasn't until I went to Oklahoma City that. that the th- when the Thunder were there, you were like, oh, wow, these guys are really athletic, and I, I, I learned to appreciate the sport better. All right. Sorry, yeah, when you when you mentioned you grew up in, in San Antonio, that's what, I was, like, doing the math in my head. I'm like, wait a second, you had to be there during some of the really good years. So, all right, hey, I just, hey, bro, good, good call just curious, good just call curious yeah, just, anyway, carry on. Yeah, no problem. The Dunk, Duncan and Parker and Joe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, guys. yeah, Parker, Ginobili, all those guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so uh, you met your wife, and you end up in Oklahoma City working, um, and you end up down in San Antonio. Uh, you're uh, and you're growing through all this as a as a, a leader, and uh, you got a degree in finance, I guess, because that's what you're working now, right? Yeah, marketing. But marketing. yeah, I mean, I you know, th- I think there's something there though. I tra- I, I was, you know, I was I was thinking about what are events that shaped me. Yeah, as I was preparing for this podcast and probably over prepared but you know i i mean again i didn't i'm not i'm not usually a a huge podcast listener so i thought well let me let me get prepared for where you guys but so there was an event though um when i entered into college that really did shape me as well and it was a culture shock right it was a um so growing up in in east side houston the majority of people that i interacted with were either black 
or Hispanic, or they thought they were black or Hispanic. Like literally, <laughs> like that was that was everyone. Right? And mm-hmm. so I go on this campus, and I felt different. I just I felt like a different person, and I couldn't put my finger on it. <laughs> like I mean, like dude, everyone's white, but I mean, I literally <laughs> could not put my finger on it. And in my first semester, I um, uh, I had a public speaking class. And so in that public speaking class, one of the first things that they make you do in the first month after you learn a few tricks is that you you do a presentation, they record you, and then you have to go to the library, put in the VHS tape, and then and then critique yourself. Hmm. And so I, I I did that, and I went to the library, and I remember looking at that video and realizing, oh my gosh, I talk different, I walk different, my interactions are different, and everyone around me is just different. I had this complete culture shock all of a sudden. And I mean, it was like a light bulb went off. I mean, I, I grew up in the middle income. Now I'm an, in an affluent environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I grew up around Hispanics and blacks and, and now everyone around me is white. I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I couldn't communicate like the rest of that first semester. I, I didn't, I really rarely spoke to anybody just because I, it, it was, it really shaped me. And, and so it took me a while to, to adopt, adopt to like, you know, just understanding that who my, who I, who I was and how I come across. And, you know, that journey even led into my professional life as well. I mean, I started out my career, you know, in a bank in, in, in the Midwest and you go around the Midwest it, it would, and I worked with, uh, you know, business owners and C-suite executives. It's not uncommon uh, or it, it's it's very common for you when you walk into them. It's it's older white males, mm-hmm. and I didn't like I didn't know how to interact with them either, right? And I grew up in a, just a different environment, and so th- this this to me those pivotal years, I mean, between the ages of eighteen and twenty five, or, or a little bit you know longer than that, it really was a a growth opportunity for me because then I learned how to communicate to everybody, right? I learned how to how to have discussions with everybody and, and really have a lot more empathy for everybody. And, um, you know, so one of my, one of my, you know, good skill sets is I can talk to a wall. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to anybody. I mean, it's because I've done so much self-reflection, um, you know, and I've, 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 I've put myself in different, different shoes and I've seen so much that I, I feel like I can interact with, with a lot of different folks to this day. I feel like that's one of my powers. Um, but at that time, Man, I, that really shaped me, and um, you know, I was very self conscious about it for a very long period. Yeah, do you think people treated you differently? Nah, I mean, well, maybe. Like, I, I mean, I'm not smart enough to figure that. Out. Like, I, mean, but <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. I, I but I, I will. I, I was more, I was more cautious about how I interacted with folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a, I not something I've ever experienced. Have you ever experienced anything like that, Dialup? I, no, I have not. Yeah, I, yeah. We just we're from Central Pennsylvania. Pretty much all just white guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great, right? This is great. Well, yeah, it's just it's just what it is. It is what it is, right? So we, uh, you know, like you know, F three Nation is so diverse in 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 the type of areas that they're at, right? So you got us who are in a rural community, uh, not very heavy populated. It's very homogeneous, and then you get guys from the cities who have a lot of diversity and things like that, and they deal with different issues. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you're on the SLT. I mean, you, you hear it more than we do, but um, you know, I get in the nation's Slack channel and I read about 
uh, different guys, you know, how would you do, how would you, you know, address this or that? And think it's, we, we don't, we don't even run into that. I, I wish we had it. Yeah. It'd be right? nice to yeah, have like, it. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, like I would, I, I want my more diversity, you know, amongst our, our group. Um, yeah. And so we wish we experienced that a little bit more. Yeah. So it's a, <clears throat> but it is what it is. Right. So yeah, here we are, baby. North Central Pennsylvania. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like when you look at from a nation's perspective, it it is on our our radar. We have had a lot of great discussions around diversity Mm -hmm. and not not from like a a quota standpoint or any of that stuff. But I mean, you know, it's not you look at all our our pictures on on our websites and, you know, for a while there was just a bunch of white guys. Right. And so is that what we are are trying to represent and you know what are some ways that we we still preserve the culture of what we're trying to do and attract men of, of different color and uh you know there's a lot of folks who have a huge passion for that i know the board has talked about that on many different occasions and and there's still ha- there's no secret ingredient um you know there are some regions out there that do it better than others greenwood as an example uh, out there in, in I don't know if it's south of North Carolina, but man, they are outstanding. Yeah, they're the same. Don't worry. It's, yeah, it's, there's just one Carolina. Just one Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they, but they're, they're like, they do it so well. And, you know, our, our brethren and, and Katie just down in, in here in, um, uh, you know, in the Houston area and Fort and Fort Bend. Oh my gosh, they do it so well. And so, yeah. how do you tap into that? And, you know, where folks in, yeah, like middle of Pennsylvania can can tap into it as well. So those are things that we're we're constantly seeking in best practices. Yeah. Well, tell me what as weasel shaker. Tell me exactly what you do as a weasel shaker. What exactly do you do? I mean, I'm a people person, man. Like I need my <laughs> The weasel shaker is the coolest title That's, in all of that three nation. I, I you got to admit, yeah. I, I, like Nantan's cool, all the other titles, yeah. like, but weasel shaker is just like the freaking coolest of all titles yeah. across F three nation. Yeah, you know, so when I was Nantan, the Weasel Shaker, and and this is a vision that what shaped me of, of saying this is something that, that's interesting me. When I was Nantan, the Weasel Shaker was the most important role. So you you have, um, and when I was Nantan here in San Antonio, uh, my Weasel Shaker was Mulch, and Mulch was like I, I was the visionary, and Mulch was the he basically made the engine just run right. Like so, uh, I pointed the direction of where I think we should go. Mulch Mulch challenged me on with the direction that we needed to go, and then once we were collectively together, Mulch was the guy that basically made sure that they got things done. And I, I think so that that's the way we functioned here locally here in in San Antonio, and with the leadership level. At the an SLT with F three, it's it's a little bit different, right? I mean, you have men in these positions that already know how to go, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, is a freaking stud, right? Italian job, you know, is like fint. I mean, all these guys, beans, everyone, like these are like just studs, GMO, and so so really, then it's about making sure that we don't uh, that we stay connected and glued together. Um, really, you know, there's another aspect where where uh, dark helmet is amazing like i mentioned before about like setting the vision and getting you know just making sure you want to um you know just execute on like where we're trying to where f3 is trying to be well you know where doa is not great is at details mm-hmm. and so I'm sure that i'm able to take doa's vision articulate it to the men even in something as simple as like hey guys these are what the things we need to discuss here today and break it down and then making sure that we follow back up appropriately so it's a day-to-day job um, there is no set 
set of responsibilities. It's whatever these men need help supporting and to help push through to get that engine going in the right direction. So that's a, the best way I can describe this particular role as it stands today. Mm-hmm. The weasel shaker, baby. Yep. Getting things done. I was one of those. <clears throat> you were. When are you, you still are because no one else is. No one else has really stepped up. <laughs> I moved to Nantan. I'm the Nantan and weasel shaker. Yeah, so. he's the Nantan weasel shaker. I, You know, I would say, hey, I'll be a weasel shaker, but I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I don't know. Do you have to do spreadsheets and stuff if you're a weasel uh, shaker? It kind of is part of, the, part of the role in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, anyway. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're there. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad we have men like you on uh, the SLT um, kind of guiding uh, things and, and maintaining the culture because it's so easy to get off track, right? Yeah. yeah. And just got to maintain the mission and, and make sure that we're still missional on everything. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it with, well, we've had a lot of the SLT, the Nas- national SLT on. Like, it, it is tough to keep the mission yeah. where it's supposed to be. And we've talked about, you know, it's it can be tough just within your own region, even for us as a, as a small region. It can right. be tough to to do that and to, to keep it all intact at the national level is it's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, y'all are doing a great job. I think so. Yeah, man. Oh, I that. Thank you. Yeah. I look for one of the, I don't listen to too many podcasts. I listen to Jocko and I listen to the art of manliness once in a while. And I listen to, of course, my favorite is the high impact man podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Do you listen to yourself? <laughs> yes. I, I, I think that you have to, because you want to, there's, it's like watching game film, right? Uh, like, that's true. You know, yeah. how am I going to get better if I don't listen to it? And, uh, it's better if somebody else listens to it and tells me what I'm doing wrong. Right. But I, but I think that I do a better job now than when we started in regard to not saying, um, and it just dumb little things like technical stuff. And, um, you um, sure? I think, uh, mm. <laughs> so, yeah. But when you listen to it back, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like it's, when you listen to watch the VHS tape of yourself and like, that's, you know. Yeah. We sound so different. Like the voice is like your voice yeah. is totally different. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I got to make sure I'm not talking too much and you know, that kind of stuff. My, but anyway, my memory sucks so bad that half the time I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we talked about that. You know, right, like it's yeah. like, it's like listening to a new podcast. Now I forget why I was mentioning all the podcasts. I had a purpose to, for this. Uh, oh, one of them is the 43 uh, yeah. feet podcast. So I look forward to listening to the 43 feet pod- podcast every week. My only uh, recommendation to you guys is make it a little bit longer. I want more. Oh, interesting. Give me more. But yeah. th- isn't that maybe showing that it's the right length? No, give me more. Don't you don't you want to leave your audience oh, wanting just a little me, bit more? Yeah, I know, right? I know, but I still want more. I mean, you've talked about that soccer practice, right? You want to uh, end your soccer practice, so with they your kids, <laughs> yes, you want I did. Just a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Any good ep- any good mini series, right, or yeah. uh, Netflix series? Every episode leave you want leads you just wanting a little <laughs> bit more. So you don't- you know you're being very convincing right now, but I still want more. All right. It's funny because like you guys are hitting at a time where we're actually soliciting feedback about our podcast and, you know, we're trying to figure out what is the right length, what is the right subject, what are we, yeah. what are we trying to do when it comes to the 43 feet? I mean, who wants to hear what? And yeah. I mean, if it, we were thinking of, we needed it shorter. Uh, so, I mean, hearing this type of feedback is, is good. Well, um, you know, we're trying to deliberate what the future looks like. You look at guys that have the, the, the most popular podcasts and I don't know how pop, how, where Jocko ranks, but he's up there pretty high and some of his podcasts are four or five hours long. Um, <laughs> literally like four or five hours long and uh joe rogan i don't know how long his are but he's you know one of the popular ones but you know we don't have as you know as being our guest we don't have a time limit we just go wherever the wind blows us but um because because we have guys on to tell their story it's it's part of our mission our mission is the guys tell their story so what am i gonna do tell you okay stop telling your story oh wait i got something else to say that i think is important well no sorry you can't 
because we hit the 45 minute mark or whatever. But um, so I don't know if I would put a time limit. I would say this is my feedback for uh, the 43 feet podcast. Maybe you should have filled out the questionnaire. I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, you're one of like the two or 300 that we're, we're sorting through the feedback right now. All right. Yeah, I look forward to hearing the results of that. But yeah, I, we, and yeah, before you go, like we were we were surprised and blessed that we, we yeah, were they included put us in on that. There, yeah, yeah, we were like, wow, we're not really officially part <laughs> of the F3 Nation group of podcasts, but right. but we were included on there, so we were we were honored. Very honored. That happened. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. But um, but I, you guys usually have a panel on, so by the time everybody says their piece about one little thing, it's almost over, right? So. That's my feedback is I'd like, I'd, I'd like a little more. And it's a good point. You know I mean? It, it, on those things, I mean, you know, you have, I, I mentioned, um, uh, everyone has their, uh, their cues. It's, it's so funny. I mean, when, when Bean speaks, I will tell you, I always lean in and I want to hear what that dude says because yeah. he doesn't speak often, but when he does, he brings up such really good points, especially behind closed doors. You're uh-huh. like, Oh yeah, of course. And Bada Bing is always bringing in his personal stuff, which is great. I mentioned before, Camo is a walking T-shirt slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's you know, it's just it's funny. GMO is interesting because he hears from everybody. I mean, if you want to hear what the voice of the PAX is, I mean, GMO has the best view of it because everyone goes to him and tells him things. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, to your point, yeah, when you have that type of panel with that type of breadth of knowledge on there, it, you 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 probably want to hear a little bit more. So that's that's good feedback. Yeah, yeah. For for what it's worth, one that's one guy's opinion. Uh, no. Anyway, all right. Let's get back to you, brother. Um, <clears throat> the uh, amount of time you spent in F three, um, how is that? And you already talked about it a little bit, but how has it helped you become a better leader in 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 your work life, in your family life, and in your faith? Yeah. So let me let me dial it back a little bit and provide some perspective when I went through my first GTE. Okay. Because up until that point, I was a participant in F3 and I, I was a, I was a taker. Um, but that night when we did the, the, the grow rock and I forgot the terminology for everything, but you know, it was after we started, it was the first role of leadership that was that, that cycled through. And so it was like the second or third one. It was about 11 o'clock at night. And they, um, they were looking for, um, at, at that time we had 62 guys in Houston. It was, a, it was in Houston and the guy who was in charge, they selected him. He was Prince. And so he was the guy who was more like oversight and strategic. And then, they wanted the second in charge, whatever that name is. They, that was me. They said, hey, Spur, you're that guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, You're sensing a theme here. Like, I don't want that responsibility. Right. And, uh, and, I, and I remember that, that evening just changed my life because it, it, I, there were so many men in, that, uh, in our group that I looked up to and admired. And I just listened to them as I was – doing what I thought, quote unquote, was good leadership, right? So I was encouraging the men, uh, great job, we got a little bit more to go, here's the, here's the plan, I'm providing as much communication as possible, interacting with them. And, you know, I remember there was one guy, his name was Wallet, Wallet, I mean, huge leader in, in the San Antonio business community, I looked up to him, and he's, he pulled me to the side, he goes, hey, I just want to let you know you're doing a really good job. Wow. I was like, oh cool, good job. What am I doing here? That's a good job. And I was giving encouragement. So I'm going to continue to give encouragement. Right. Yeah. And, um, there was another guy, his name was Metz. He was a former army ranger. So Red, Red actually renamed him ranger the night before. So ranger. And I guess he mm-hmm. 
pull me to the side. He goes, hey, spur, smile. I'm like, oh, that's good feedback, you know? I mean, <laughs> as I'm giving encouragement, like, you know, don't do it with a frown, do it with a smile. So, like, I'm smiling now, and I'm giving encouragement to the men. And, I mean, and throughout the night, the men I just really look up to that night just kept on giving me great pieces of feedback. And and, and so at, throughout the next four hours, because it was an extended period of time, because we were going through dangerous parts of the city, um, we were going, there was, there was torrential rain uh, that we had to deal with. So the weather was weather impacts. So I was in basically in a leadership position for a good four, five hours ish. And I remember at the very end, they do an AAR mm -hmm. for every ship. And, and so, or the after action review. And they said, you know, what did Spur do well? All these things, ah, Spur did this or did this. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, great. And of course, then it's like, what could he do better? And I'm thinking, all right, like, here it goes. What could I do better as a leader? And there was just crickets. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, um, th th this is what I, I needed to hear that, right? I've always felt like I, I had something in me, but nothing ever pulled it out. And, and like that, that leadership potential. And that night I felt like, oh, wow, this is something different. Now, the end of the evening, I'm just like everybody else. There's no way in hell I'm ever doing this again. Um, you, know, <laughs> I, like, you know, like everyone does that. And, uh, but I remember I couldn't stop thinking about that for like in a whole month. I mean, I would have dreams about it, right? I mean, everything was connecting, the dots were connecting and you realize the gloom is a metaphor for life, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're mm -hmm. up, I mean, you're leading, you're, you're following, you give encouragement. I mean, everything was connecting with one another. And I remember like the question that you just asked, it, it has something, has been something that have, I have pondered and meditated on. Uh, like, how do you take that what you learn in the gloom in F with F3 or like in this case with, with GTE. And then how do you take that into your life, yeah. right? How do you take me as a leader in the, in the community and all, and I will tell you, it has been a difference maker. Um, for me, like I'm, I am the guy who, um, you know, I will, I'm one of the more reliable people within the business community. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm head and shoulders above them, not because I'm an F3 guy, just because I know what I stand for. I know what, what good leadership needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a strong confidence there and a strong confidence of, of being able to, you know, not only have a vision, but articulate that vision appropriately. Um, you know, I, I feel like I am just a, a thousand times better than what I was when I first started F3. And, and again, this is the journey that my wife and I talk about all the time. I'm, I'm a better father, mm -hmm. uh, a more patience with everybody. Um, if you would have known me six, seven years ago, um, you know, you would have said that's, that dude has a chip on his shoulder. That ain't the case anymore. Um, you know, you would have probably said this dude takes himself too seriously. That, I don't, that, that definitely is not the case anymore. Um, you know, like, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm more complete of a man and, and every, every year I look back, I feel like I've, I've continued to grow and prosper into being a little bit better than I was the year before. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question directly, no, that's but I fine. will no, that's that good. that impact, you know, it, it's who I am, who I've become. Yeah. I think so, it's really good. I think, um, more, many of the guys, when I ask that question, they say they've, they've grown in their confidence. That's yeah. pretty much everybody says that. And you've kind of, um, uh, articulated that as well. I think it's really interesting that you brought up these guys that you respect, and I'm guessing that they were older than you in the in the GTE, GTE the, the business leader and the ranger um, 
it's hard if you're young to lead men older than you, especially if they're accomplished men, right? That's a humbling experience and it's, it's difficult and I'm sure it makes, could make you nervous. Um, when you go out there, I said, um, dial up, I'm saying, um, uh, you go out there and <laughs> you cut, that, cut that. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> you go out there and you do it right. And, and then you do it well. And these guys give you feedback. That's, that's a confidence booster. I mean, how could you, especially in, in the, and under stress and duress, right. That you're talking about. That's what they, the whole goal of the GTE is, I think, is to put you under some duress and, and have you lead. Um, so that's a, that's, you know, that's a great way. I think, I think you articulated it really well. And I think it was a, it was a really good answer. And it's a, another guy who's telling us how good GTEs are. And, yeah. And I think another little nugget in there is your humility. Yeah. And the importance of that as a quality and a great leader as well. And uh, y- y- I get that sense that that's part of why you're a great leader. You, you've, you've got some uh, good humility, you know, mixed in just the, just the right amount. Yeah, I agree. Not enough to not enough to you know, to hold you back and to make you lack confidence or or anything like that. And but you, you end up stepping up and in, into the roles that you're called, uh, but but humbly. Mm-hmm. Well, I I appreciate that. I, I want to circle back to Defib what you were talking about about the the men that were encouraging me because yeah. here in in Alamo we, we changed the name from San Antonio to Alamo just to be cool. But right, you know, here sure. in, in Alamo, you know the average age of the packs when I first started was about 15 to 20 years older than me. Yeah. And, you know, and you think about that, right? Those, those men, uh, they, they do not hold back on their mumble chatter at all. <laughs> Dude, I remember one time, like we were doing this exercise and I thought, oh, I'm cool now. I'm going to give you feedback. And there was this one guy, his name was Postman. I said, Postman, make sure you, you know, squat a little lower as we're doing our, our, our side shuffles. And he said, hey, Spur, this is for like 20 packs. And you're gonna have to edit this, okay? But he goes, he goes, he goes hey, Spur, fuck off! And I remember, thinking, like, like I, I remember thinking, like, oh man, everybody laughs, and you know, at the time, I thought, oh gosh, I need to watch how I come across. I mean, there was interactions like that, mm-hmm. you know, consistently that 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 shape you. And you know, man, you're right. Like, you know, the beautiful thing with this this thing with F3 is that before, for me titles meant everything right mm-hmm. which how much money you had in your bank account yeah. meant something right now i don't care right. you know i don't mean it doesn't even matter we're all the same and and as long as you show up in the gloom right and you I mean you were you were the same man to to me mm-hmm. uh and so so now when i go out into the business community it's so funny because now my my confidence level and how I look at other individuals is so different that you know normally in in my world you know because I'm a banker and like you meet someone with uh, with a, a big title or they own a big company and some people they get nervous I ain't nervous around them because to me it's just like the gloom and I will give so much mumble chatter in a business meeting just because I'm used to it and I'm I've been sharpened by men who are older than me yeah. Um, that have, that have groomed me to become a lot better than what I was before. And and I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm a big believer in, in paying our dues. Yeah. I'm a big believer in, in respecting our elders and respecting the men who have seen a heck of a lot more than me. Um, because you know what? When I get in that position, I'm going to expect that same doggone respect from, from people that are younger as right. well. Yeah. And I just think that's the way things should be. You know? Yeah. You hear that, Spielberg? <laughs> respect your elders learn from your elders 
<laughs> Spielberg doesn't have a microphone, so this I could pick on him. <clears throat> He's 20, 22? 22, right? Yeah, 22 years old. So I've only got him by 36 years. Respect your elder, Spielberg. All right, thanks a lot. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, fans. Brought in Spielberg there for a second. How uh, go there? So you, you mentioned your faith a couple of times. Tell me, tell me about your faith. Yeah, so I am a I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. I I would say that. Um, so so I grew up a Catholic, and I was one of those uh, Catholics that I went to church every Sunday and um, did all my prayers. Right, knew everything. But my heart was not in it at all. And I remember, um, I remember, it's just so funny. Like, I remember just thinking this. Everyone around me is just reiterating or just, you know, mumbling these prayers. Like, no one really cares what these prayers are. Checking, I mean, that's what I was feeling at the checking time. Checking the box, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then I remember, um, I remember noticing in the Catholic faith, and, you know, you get, you get down, you kneel, and you stand up a lot. At the end of the service, Everyone stood up a heck of a lot faster than during the entire service. And mm-hmm. I felt like, I mean, everyone's just trying to get out of here. So I, it never really appealed to me, the, the Catholic faith where I grew up. And so my, my wife, um, you know, she, she grew up a strong Christian believer. And so when we met, uh, you know, that was something that was very important to her. And, and, I, and I asked her a lot of questions when we first met, like, you know, just tell me why and and she was talking about the Bible. I was like, well, what's important about the Bible to you? And at that point, you know, in the Catholic faith, you don't really open the Bible and learn about the Bible. You, you're told specific scriptures that you that you go through. And so I, or at least the church I went to. And so, you know, I started opening the Bible for the first time. And it was interesting. It was appealing to me. Um, it, it, I think whenever you first start your journey or whenever you're going through some journeys, uh, the devil has a way of getting into you and doing some stuff to your life. And so, you know, that was no different than me. I was at, at that time, I was thinking about giving up baseball. Um, you know, it was my sophomore year in college. It was, a, um, you know, the guys on the team were not appreciating that I was getting more into the Bible and the, and, and, and the church and not going to as many parties. Mm-hmm. And so they know about that as well. So that was a very difficult transition for me. But uh, I felt like there was something there in, in God and faith and uh, and I had some great mentors along the way in college. I had a couple of mentors that specifically were really, you know, they, they taught me how to read the Bible and, and what Jesus could do for, for, for me. And, and so I felt like really, you know, I, I felt like I was being groomed at that particular time. And then, you know, when I go into my professional life and I moved to Oklahoma City, I blossomed into one of those those small group leaders in our home was one where a bunch of people came over every, you know, Wednesday and they'd come from like six o'clock and they would stay till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So our home was for the church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that mean to, to me that that's what I'm trying to replicate here with the renovations of our home is that we want to be able to have a home that we host people. I mean, we want to say this is God's home. I want to be able to open it up and host Bible studies. And the way I had it structured before wasn't, like that. Uh, I, I would say even further though, my, my faith has blossomed to more than just a believer in Jesus and, you know, and, and being a Christian and, and really going to the F3 aspect. I mean, believing in something greater than yourself and not thinking that 
and this is going to sound bad as a Christian, but as an F3 man, you guys can understand, like not thinking that like Jesus is like everything, like people have different faiths and let's just respect all those particular faiths. But if you ask me about my faith, here's my faith, mm-hmm. but I'm not posing on somebody unless they're interested in, in, you know, me sharing why I believe this way. Um, and, you know, since I've had kids, you know, now I have three kids, you know, we're not as consistent with going to church the way we need to, but um, hopefully it's something that now that my life gets settled back in, I get back into and have a little more consistency. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, <clears throat> I had a very similar story. I've shared it before on this podcast, but I grew up Catholic. Same, same uh, kind of experience. Um, wasn't really, you know, I knew the prayers and I knew, I knew, I knew the catechism, but I, it wasn't, I didn't make it, I didn't make Jesus the Lord of my life until I got married and my wife kind of challenged me and I ended up reading the Bible, just like you just talked about. Reading scripture got me to give my life to Christ. Um, <clears throat> so I, I could, uh, I could identify with what you just said and you know, it's kind of similar testimony. Uh, you came about it a little bit earlier in life. I was 27 when I got married and that's when I uh, really came to know the Lord and and, my, and your life changes like my whole life changed uh, after that um, and for the better for, you know much better it says you're a new creature in Christ when you when you finally submit and that's that was true that's true for me yeah. although I'm still a work in progress brother mm-hmm. just aren't like we? just like everybody else <laughs> aren't we all <clears throat> yeah yeah I'll tell you there's some good churches down there I don't know if does Max Lucado still have a church down there in San Antonio he does, yeah. It's on the on the west part of town, but I mean that's not one that I have gone to. I've gone to this one, honestly, that's been a little bit closer to where I live. It's a little bit easier to get the uh, two year old up and get to that, sure. that particular location. Yeah, yeah. I went to a conference down there a long time ago. I went to uh, John Hagee's church. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I forget the name of the church. His son is the lead pastor now. John's a little bit older. He's still there, but he's a he's a little bit gets a little bit more into politics. You know uh, about liberals and conservatives in the Bible and stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I visited his church when I was down there for the uh, for the conference. Love the River Walk, brother. Love the River Walk. <laughs> Everyone does. Yeah, yeah. Our hotel was right on the River Walk, so that was pretty cool. All right, I got I got my final two dial up. Is there anything else I should talk to him about before we hit the last two questions? Nothing I can think of. As usual, that's my response when you ask me that question. I know. Right? I asked my questions earlier, so. Okay. All right. So before I do this, Spur, do you have anything else you want to share uh, with, the, with the folks before I ask you our last two questions? Well, I will tell you that I did not prepare myself for these last two questions, so this is going to come at me blind, so let's go, yeah, brother. That's yeah, that's good, yeah, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I sent him a copy of a... Didn't I send you a copy of one of the podcasts? It could have. Could have. <laughs> didn't maybe do he thinks, maybe things are different with each it's episode. It's better when it's off the cuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's better like this. Yeah. yeah. Pure off the cuff here. Let's do it. Hit me, brother. All right. The first one is if you were to pick somebody, ancient, past, present, whatever, that you would say is somebody who inspired you, kind of like a hero, who would that be? Ooh. Um, okay. Um, I would say that there is a two, two answers. One is fictional, uh, not fictional, but one you can't really talk and know. But then the other was it'd be my my neighbor uh, that has re- recently, you know, moved to a different uh, city. So, yeah, I'm I'm a believer in in stoicism. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. There, there, he wrote his book Meditations. I, I just adore it. I, I mean, I love it. And you know, if you're not spiritual and into into christianity uh stoicism you know is something I, I highly would recommend in that book meditations really was a huge impact on me 
So I, I would, I, I would, I love that thought process of focusing on what you can control and all the philosophies that come with it. So um, that that would be someone you didn't ask it, ask it this way, but like having a dinner with someone like that would be someone I would love to, you know, that has inspired me and I'd love to pick more. Yeah. Uh, the other guy is my neighbor who just recently moved to his hometown in Milwaukee. And, um, and the guy, he'll never listen to this podcast because he's not <laughs> a free guy. I mean, his name's Eric for And he, my wife, my wife and I to this day, as we're going through things, it's like, what would Eric do in this situation? <laughs> and so, but, but Eric is a, um, he's a, a orthopedic surgeon. Uh, he's one of those guys that when, when you meet him, He's extremely intense, <laughs> like any orthopedic surgeon can be. Any situations, um, you know, even if something simple as like, "Hey, let's cut this this tree limb," he's like, "Well, if we cut it this way, it's going to go this way," and like all this other stuff. But the guy was just a constant work ethic, and I, you know, you talk about what is what does a man look like who improves their foxhole, or what does this man look like who's always trying to aspire to take his family to to dream bigger. I mean, this guy was a, a, a huge, high-impact man. He he uh, recently retired from the military as a colonel, and I went to his his, his uh, retirement party. Um, you know, I was in tears the day that day. I was in tears the day that him and his wife decided that they were. It was he needed to move closer to family, and you know, I committed to him that I would look after his house because he still owns a house right next to me. Okay. Uh, he's just out, and then I committed that you know I'd go go there and visit him in Milwaukee here pretty soon. But yeah, I mean, what would Eric do? I mean, he's always trying to do the right thing and um, he, he would give the shirt off his back to anybody. And I, I, I really admire that guy. And he's inspired me to be a better man. Yeah, that's very cool. WWED. Yeah, what would Eric do? <coughs> yeah. He must Eric been in, do. Was he in the Air Force? At an Air Force base there in San Antonio. Uh, Army. So oh, okay. he worked for the yeah, Army here. So um, Marcus Aurelius, so he was a Roman emperor who is, is the most famous, I guess, Stoic. Stoic philosophy. I've heard a lot about it uh, over time. In fact, Jocko has a podcast. I didn't listen to the whole thing yet. They were talking about Stoicism. It's like a four-hour podcast, but um, I'll get back to it. But uh, I think we have to get that book. His book, Memoirs, I, I, I recently found out that he didn't write that as a book for people to read. It was like a diary. I mean, he was journaling. He was putting down his thoughts. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Spur, but I think he he like wrote it for himself, and then it got discovered. and. Right. Yeah. And his meditations. And yeah, he was, he was, he was basically journaling his thoughts as he was, you know, leading the Roman empire during his time. Yeah. And, um, man, dude, like th there was a, you know, I don't know if you guys listened to Tim Ferriss, that podcast back when he was really popular, like 10, 15 years ago, Tim Ferriss had this thing where he would do a five minute journal. And so I created my own little mini five minute journal I do every day. And part of that journaling that I write down is like stoicism. I want a stoic, a stoic quote. And I always pick up meditations. I mean, literally, you can just flip to a page and, you know, you have a, a quote in there from Marcus Aurelius. Or you can apply it to your day-to-day -day life. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, this thing impacts you and just hits you in the face. And, and again, it, the focus of stoicism, you focus on what you can control. And yeah. there's just different of it. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. A lot of F three guys out there are now are going to start looking up stoicism. Yeah, <clears throat> check it out, baby. All right, last question, Spur. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What is your message for the men of America? A message to the men of America. Um, I would say, I would say two things. 
two things to the to the men. Um, number one, you know, I had a great mentor. Uh, his name was Merle Smith, and he was in college. And I remember meeting with Merle, and he like the first meeting I had with him, the very first meeting, the very first words that he came out of his mouth after he said hi, my name is Merle, is I just want to tell you that it's not about you. Hmm. And uh, like. Okay, right? <laughs> like you're twenty, like you're like nineteen years old, right? I mean, you're not about you. What? What do you mean, not about me? Like, what? This whole thing's about me, but it's not about you. And it, that has gotten me out of the bed to get into the gloom mm-hmm. more times than I would care to admit. Um, that that saying has got me uh, to encourage a man when I had no business encouraging a man. Um, that has gotten me to make a phone call. Um, you know, when I really don't feel like making that phone call, right? Um, it's gotten me to be a better communicator to my my kids, um, everything. But it's just not about you at all. And so that that is message number one. I think the second message, I, I, and I've been thinking about this a lot, so I have not articulated it outside of, this is my first time articulating it, but, you know, F3, we talk about get right, you know, and live right and leave right. I mean, all that, all that stuff that we talk through in the Q source and all. But, but one of the things that it, we 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 sort of touch on it when it comes to the daily red pill. But it's it everything starts again first thing in the morning. Like everything starts again first thing in the morning. It's it's a daily decision to do the right thing. You know, and so we talk about like, hey, it's a daily workout. Like you know, take care of your body. It's way more than that. Right. It's, you know, it's making sure it's, it's a daily decision to, um, you know, take care of your kids. I mean, it's a daily decision to do the hard things. And I mean, even if you've racked up so many good things, you start at square one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so so making sure that you have that sort of mindset as you go in to the day. And, he, and, this, and this really works well if you're like in a screwed up situation, like you're, you're kind of like in the, in the lull of yourself. You're like, you know, I can start over tomorrow and tomorrow is going to be a great day. Yeah. But you know, it, it, it doesn't feel so good whenever you've had a great day and it's, you have to start all over tomorrow, but it is a daily decision to be a better man. Yeah. Amen. Those are the- <clears throat> it's not about you and every day you get to start anew, right? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. a good message, man. I, you know, it's like, you, you know, the the old uh, Navy SEAL that was uh, gave the talk at the commencement. And he said, "Just make your bed in the morning." Start by making your bed. Start by making your bed. Yeah, that's similar, same concept. Yeah, right. Oh, I love that. I love that. Take the daily red pill. <clears throat> All right, um, Spur. It's been great talking to you, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, it, it was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I appreciate your patience and your your persistence. I felt so bad. I mean, there were times you were like texting me, I'm like, man, now is not a good time. I'm sorry, bro. So so thank you for the patience. Uh, I really do appreciate being on this podcast and at least speaking my story to the men of F three. So yeah, um, you guys are obviously you're doing great things and highlighting what a lot of great men are doing. And so I, I'm not a podcast listener, but I guarantee you. I am excited to subscribe to your podcast and listen to what other men are doing because it's just it's it, it's it drops it makes your mouth drop of like how cool and great we have it as F three men that you know you have so many inspiring individuals doing great things. Yeah, absolutely. We say that all the time, don't we? Dial up. Yeah, like, we, we we would do this even if just we, we would just for fun, you know, in a lot of ways, and and uh, just the, the the men that we've had on, we've been we've been just so blessed 
and, and inspired and encouraged by the, their messages, their stories. Um, it's, it's just, a, it's a, it's a great thing. We love doing this and, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're just another, another part of, part of our, our mission is to, you know, to get, to get men like you and, uh, you know, whether they're an F3 or not, you know, we, we, we have guys on here that aren't part of F3, but just to, to share some positive stuff, you know, there's, there's way too much negative, uh, news and, and, and just negative junk out there for mm-hmm. folks to be listening to and it's just uh, there's so much positive going on in the world that doesn't get highlighted enough and we're just trying to do that a little bit and let men share those positive things that they're that they're doing uh, in their communities uh, within their you know, within their families uh, teams that they're coaching schools that they're leading businesses that they're leading um, a lot of me- great men doing great things and uh, the message needs to get out amen couldn't agree more. You guys are inspiring. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. Yeah, well, Thanks, you're inspiring, brother. man. You know, yeah. we, I told you the mission is to motivate, inspire, and encourage other men with your story, and you certainly did that. Absolutely, it's, you did that, bro. <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're a motivational, motivating guy, brother, so keep up the good work and um, tell all those guys in the SLT, 43 feet, make it a little bit longer for DFib. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> you know, dial up. I think we just spoke to another high impact man. Amen, brother. Yes, we did. Yeah. Spur, it was great meeting you. Great having you on. Appreciate it, guys. Adios, guys All right, take care, brother. Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.